Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor VK. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mister Mister Ben Errington, and that other regular co-host, Mister Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody. He's back. back where again. did you go last week, Andy? Where did you What did you see? Did you <laughs> what, what did you see? See anything oh. good? Um. You know, as as recording this in 2021, didn't go too far. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was a, a nice week. It, it is nice, actually, as much as I enjoy your company every week. It's nice to sometimes listen back oh, to an episode when I'm not around. And, yeah. uh, you know, taking a conversation about, about horror movies and then it all starts to blur in my mind. It's like, was I on that one? Did I say things? <laughs> sometimes I'll just listen to the episode in my kitchen and just <clears throat> chat along. Yeah. <laughs> Like to play along with a name game. I uh, I was with you last week, Luke. I, oh, I yeah. think you were unfairly criticised for some of those names. I thought they were all <laughs> excellent, and I definitely got um, a girl walks home alone to lost in New- lost in New York at home. At I'm night. always like I'm always nearly there, but not quite on the same wavelength. And, I didn't uh... think you knew what the original film was called, but you no. kept having to remind yourself what it was called. Andy, what I had did you to get... rate? Oh, sorry, go on, Ben. I had to get the name of the film up in front of me so I could, because I just kept saying just random, random things. Yeah. What are you going to say then? I was gonna say, Andy, what would you rate uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? I haven't got around to watching it yet, so I can't ah. give it a fair rating. But, so I have, be... but I have read the comics. <laughs> You've read the comics? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got them on a digital sale a while back. I'm not sure I've got all the volumes. I've mm. read at least the, a couple though. They're good. Mm. I would like to. I would like to check them out. Definitely. Defo. Yeah, but it was a good. You recently did work out how many episodes you've been on with us, right? Yeah, yeah. I was looking at. Um, I was looking at Podchaser, and I think. Yeah. Um, if I if I've tagged all of them appropriately. Um, it was 39, and I hadn't done wrong turn yet, so it must be 40 now, so now 41. Amazing. 
So that's a significant chunk. Maybe awesome. we should make like a we should make a uh, Andy Conduit Turner official playlist. You know, for people who like the format of the show when it's so the three of us. So people can tune in or avoid, as is their preference. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We want to be. Uh, we want to make sure everyone knows what they're getting themselves in for. So, uh, yeah, could be good. I can't log into my pod chaser. I can't remember what login I used. Oh well. Luke at um, Goddor. Yeah, sorry. Uh, any horror news? Don't ask me. Really? Uh, yeah. But you're the horror news guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've got some. Oh, was Hang it? On, was I'll, be, a... I'll Google it. Horror news. Horror news. Up. What's the first? What is the first thing that comes? Amityville out? horror killer dies in prison at sixty-nine. Yeah, I saw that, mm. and I didn't add it to the horror news thing because I thought, <laughs> I thought, yeah, good reason. On, don't need it. Don't need any more attention, mate. Yeah. Uh, so, so the first piece of horror news I've got is a sad one: is that Alien and Freddy's Dead star uh, Yafet yeah. Koto has passed away. That was only a couple of days ago, at the age of eighty-one. Uh, yeah, so obviously famous for quite a few major roles. I think he was in a Bond movie as well, didn't he? I think he was in Live and Let Die. He was Dr. Kananga, if I remember that. Anyone, can anyone confirm that? I'm, I don't I hope I haven't got it wrong. Uh, that, sounds, yeah, I was, that sounds right. But I haven't seen obviously, Live and Let Die in many years. His role in Alien was the big one. Um, but yeah, he was in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare as well, as a character named Doc. So uh, rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace, Yafet. Um, other horror news we've got Showtime has apparently ordered a pilot episode of a vampire series Let the Right One In with uh, Demian Bishir set to star I recognise that name but I don't know where from um, how do you feel about a series of that oh Demian Bishir is the guy from is it the guy from The Artist no it's not I've, I've mugged myself off he's in The Hateful Eight that's what he's in. Okay. I mean, I really oh. like. I really like let the right one in. I'm not sure. Does it need a whole series? It felt quite contained as it was. I mean, a quiz show definitely, where three people come to your door, one of them is a vampire. <laughs> you got to be careful. It's like blind date. Um, yeah. Quite I suppose because the kids went off, uh, you know, out onto their life, and we believe the young boy was basically gonna take the place of the older guy who. Who died? Just their day-to-day adventures, like the little list. Just their day-to-day adventures, yeah. They get off the train at a stop, kill the bullies in a little town, and then get on their way back on the train. From what I see here, though, it looks like he's vetoed the film, and it might be like something from before the events of the film. So apparently, the series centers on that guy, Demian Bashir, who's also in. Guy. He's the handler, and his twelve-year-old daughter. Um, Oh, wait. And his 12-year-old daughter, whose lives had changed forever 10 years earlier when she was turned into a vampire. So, 12 years old, 22 in the brain. Weird. It must be completely different then to the... Yeah, so it looks like it's a completely different thing. So it's implied that she... That, like, maybe that first guy... Maybe it's the different guy, but he's there with her when she first becomes a vampire. Looking at this, it looks like it's going to be a completely different story, but... Yeah. um, Vampire kids... Taking that in, uh, don't know how I feel about TV shows based on horror movies because I think the the last experience I had with one was The Exorcist show, which was all right for a bit, but then got pretty bad. Um, uh, it's got what's her name in it, Gina Davis, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. who honestly seemed like she was just half asleep. 
Uh, <laughs> I was always like, is Gina Davis all right? Is she all right? Is this acting? I don't know if it is. I think there are yep. there are places for like horror film inspired series. I've probably got a little bit more time for you know like those those that are anthologies, um, you know, by their very nature, like a Twilight Zone, or yeah. maybe in the vein of what we saw from like you know like Freddy's Nightmares, which was you know again short horror short horror fiction. Freddy's there maybe occasionally, but it's not just stringing out the stringing out the plot of the movie over you know 30 40 hours instead of instead of two my mom liked Bates Motel for a while but I've never really watched much of it uh, yeah. yeah well yeah, I know I there's the the Snowpiercer TV show at the minute so it's big on Netflix um and I didn't really want to watch it because I was like the movie's so good I don't know if I really want to spend that much time stuck on a second season now but Carl Hughes audio editor extraordinaire said um it's better than the film i don't know if i don't know if i believe him but someone thinks it's better than the film i'd heard it wasn't all that great but you know oh oh Uh, i haven't seen it so i can't (laughs) (laughs) yeah carl what's this i hear about snowpiercer's film tv show being better than the film i mean what are you talking about i've not seen it so i can't uh, i can't decide so, listeners, uh, decide who you trust more, Ben or audio editor Carl. And, ben uh... or audio editor Carl, who isn't on the show every week, all right? I mean, who's got more knowledge when it comes to these things, huh? huh? Careful, huh? Ben, huh? he could edit you saying anything. <laughs> Good. That noise I just made then, he could just auto-tune the hell out of it. He can get me singing Tiny Dancer. I'd like that. Um, anything. Anything. Uh... Any of news? <laughs> what else? Yeah, so Joe Cornish says that he and John Boyega are working on a potential sequel to Attack the Block. Uh, Andy, you mentioned Attack the Block recently as a potential episode for us to do on this podcast, which is a great idea. But it's 10 years old now, which is kind of crazy because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But I guess it was the first time uh, we were introduced to John Boyega as as sort of film fans. Um, So, yeah, he says we're working on it at the moment. Uh, John was around my place a few weeks ago and we sat in the garden, socially distanced, got to add that, got to add that, talking about story ideas until it was so dark we couldn't see each other. Turn the light on. Uh, so, yeah, we're working on that. It sounds like they've just had a conversation and now it's become a, we're making the movie. Just yeah. it's be like, Maybe that's a movie play as like a, you know, like a director or, you know, working with these names, a bit like Ryan Reynolds, like leaking that Deadpool footage. If you say it and then there's, enough yeah, response happens. for it then effectively yeah. that gets you your your pitch interviews right and your pitch meetings yeah That's and interesting. you know mm. obviously john Boyega's a huge star now where he was a relative unknown when the original came out so he's only done the two films my missing he's, one he's had a he's had a part to play in a few more like obviously we don't know how much of it made it to the final product but he was involved with edgar wright's oh, ant-man yeah. Yeah, and Tintin. the kid who would be king is is related to Jake. Yeah. Only directed not seen. two films, right? Just about yeah. to say that, yeah. Apparently, it's yeah. good though. Like, I think was it one of those that was like it sort of sank without too much trace, but people yeah. have watched it say it's good. I've heard good things. I feel about really it. bad for not watching it because Joe Cornish is one of those people I I I, I would support in doing anything. Like he's such a like talented, funny guy. I feel like I really should have gone to the cinema to watch that, but it didn't look quite like my thing. <laughs> I think it was yeah. just one of those for me. Again, I would have 
gone and seen it, but I'm just not sure how much play it got. Was it one of those that you think, oh, I'll go watch that next week, and then next week it's on <clears throat> once a day at a time that anyone, you know, most people are at work. Kid who was king for a week. Kid who was and... Joe Cornish is 52 years old. That is mad. That is Don't mad. I'll just literally crumble to dust. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like. I'm just going to turn into like a, uh, a mummy, a nooks of the moon. Just crumble to the moon. Nooks of the moon. You know, And what else? Uh, also, have you heard of a movie called Troll, which is being made by the director of Tomb Raider? Um, Roar, what the hell's his name? Roar Uthag. Yeah, Roar. His name's Roar. He's making a film called (laughs) Troll, which is going to be on Netflix. It's going to be like a monster movie. And he's shared a concept image, which is like a troll, like as big as Godzilla. Absolutely massive. Um, And yeah, it's Troll Hunter, by chance. I've got the troll. That's that's what I thought, but I don't think it's linked to that at all. Um, He said it's based on the, the Norwegian folklore. But based on yeah, the trolls. So based on the bloody trolls, mate. Uh, it's currently set to stomp its way onto Netflix. Someone at Bloody Disgusting is getting paid. Uh, <laughs> oh, his name is Raw. Uh, set sometime in 2022, apparently. Yeah, wow. that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Sign me up. Cool. Uh, got a Netflix account, I'll be on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. That looks fun. So if you like Troll Hunter, then that's probably going to be something to check out uh that's it that's all i've got for horror news nothing else happened in the world of horror um have you guys been watching anything playing anything tasting anything tasting anything. scary yeah just cheese sandwich <laughs> cheese sandwich blade terrifies it's got pickle in it ah! yeah <laughs> uh andy have you watched anything this um, week i am still Playing my way through the Blair Witch game. Um, oh yeah, not quite, yeah. not quite done with it. I haven't had, had too much time this week, so I'm still plodding my way slowly through that. I get a feeling I know what it's uh, what it's going for. Now I tried to avoid spoilers. I just um, the only way I did spoil it for myself was looking to make sure there was a way I could make sure the dog didn't die because I, you know, I don't need that kind of energy in my life right now. <laughs> but um, apart from that, I'm playing. I would argue that there are some horror or surreal elements to it. I'm playing the sequel to Super Hot Mind Control Delete on the um, on the Xbox. It's on Game Pass, and um, I think I was talking to some of you guys, Luke. I know you were involved in it, talking about the VR version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a like a horror thriller sci-fi element to the limited story that's in Super Hot, but it's mostly just a fun game about shooting red dudes. Yeah, I really, really like the VR one. Uh, I've not played, not played it outside of VR. I don't know what it would be like. It's good. It's it very in... different. Um, yeah. Because obviously the VR one, you're you're largely static, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you're on the spot and you're yeah. grabbing things that are around you. In the regular game, you're moving around an environment, and the same mm-hmm. the same logic applies um, for anyone who hasn't played it. Like time only moves when you move, or moves very, very slowly. Yeah. when you don't move so you're kind of, it's kind of an action shooter kind of a puzzler and you yeah. can yeah. run around and you're you know picking items up and throwing them at people 
or punching guns out of people's hands and then shooting them until you run out of bullets, then you throw the gun at a person. Yeah. Uh, or you'll pick up samurai swords and chop bullets in half through as they come through the air. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, in VR. Like it genuinely makes you gives you that I'm an action hero vibe. Like you're picking up a frying pan and blocking bullets for that as you grab a gun from someone else and throw it at their head and <laughs> yeah. run out bullets and stuff. It's really good. Really you still good throw a uh, throw an ashtray at someone. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's a, it's, um, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not sure what the VR version does in terms of story, but there's um there's some weird elements to the to the main one about this guy sort of losing his agency to this this like game slash sinister program. I don't know. The, the VR, oh, actually, because the VR one, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but you put on a VR headset, like you're in the real world, and you load a floppy disk in this game console, and you put on the headset and you go inside the levels. Does that, and to get out, and to get back out, you have to shoot yourself in the head. And like it kind of falls out of there. Uh, Does the, that not happen in the in in the main one? There's kind of um, little cutaways where you're like in a workplace, and again, Super Hot is like a game that you found on your work computer. And there's uh, conversations he has on like an instant messenger back and forth with a colleague. Yeah, and it starts off he's yeah. talking about playing the game, and then he gets a warning from a mysterious force that says, "Don't be playing any more Super Hot. You've had enough." And he keeps playing it, and then. Later on, he's having conversations where what he has typed is being changed to super hot, super hot, super hot, and then you go and you shoot yourself in the back of the head. In the, yeah, it's it's weird, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great game. Yeah, I, I want to play it then. It sounds great. Um, yeah. I love the super hot vibe. Uh, what about you, Ben? Played anything? What else uh... I haven't really been playing much. I uh, watched a few things. I watched the Pacific Rim, the black uh, anime series on Netflix, uh, which was really good. I haven't seen the second movie of Pacific Rim, but this was this was great. Add some interesting elements to the to the lore. It's not just uh, kaiju versus Jaeger. There's a lot of extra little bits and bobs. So yeah, definitely definitely recommend that. It's only like eight. Eight half an hour episodes as how well. How is so the animation like then? Like, what's the? How would you describe the style? Is it computer generated? Is it like what's the? It's like anime style, anime two D anime, the Netflix two D anime, anime thing. Yeah, so yeah. like it's a cool. Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much oh, like nice. that. Oh, I'll give uh, it a go. Then. <clears throat> yeah, give it a go. I, I when I saw the trailer, I thought it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, In my head, when you said it about when I don't know why where my head went to when. When you first went to like a Pacific Rim, I was like, like reboot, <laughs> the niche oh, right. 90s, yeah, 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 like early CG. Thing <laughs> uh, it's like a post apocalyptic setting as well. So if you're into oh, that yeah. sort of stuff, which I know Luke, you're on oh, a yeah. kick, yeah, for that you're on a recently. binge, aren't you, Luke? Yeah. On a binge. So obviously, just something a little bit different to what the movies, uh, to be fair, I can't remember the first movie all that well. I remember liking it, but I really like it. It's quite cheesy, but it's a good. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. Uh, it's all a sword, few... right? They have a sword the whole time. Easy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So. Like a uh, I've seen a few movies. I'll just quickly whiz through them. I saw Bringing Out the Dead, the uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, Nicolas Cage movie where he's a burned out paramedic. Uh, really good. I- I've seen it before, but it doesn't feel like a Scorsese film. Like at all, really. It's kind of like a weird nightmarish thriller. Um, New York City is really good. It's full of sleazy 
weird characters. Uh, it's like quite trippy, but it's quite actually quite funny in places as well. And it's a really chilled out Nicolas Cage performance. <laughs> He's just like, ah, oh, do you know what I mean? He d- he never really loses his nut. Maybe like for ten seconds or something. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend that. Um, I did see Monster Hunter as well, the Paul W S Anderson adaptation of the video games. Oh the... yeah, how is it? Ila Jovovich. I mean, it's just pretty naff, you know. It's pretty underwhelming. It just never really seems to get going. And for a film called Monster Hunter, it feels like it just goes over the same sort of things over and over again. It's like, okay, here's a monster, but you know, in terms of story. It's all a bit all over the place. And when it finally seems like it's kicking up a notch, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but when it finally seems like it's kicking up a notch, it doesn't. Uh, Mila Jovovich seems great and having fun in it. I I really like her in this as opposed to super-powered, over-the-top Alice from the Resident Evil movies because it feels like, I don't know, in this it feels like she's just letting loose a bit more. Mm-hmm. And just, just oh. a bit more of a laid-back role. And now, Rob I'll Perlman, say this for Mila Jovovich. I think that I think she has a certain reputation because of the film she is in. Um, You know, and you know what, they they are what they are. You know what, they probably, if if you look at Resident Evil, they they make a lot of money. Why why do anything different, right? But um, I feel like when you do see her in something where she plays something a little bit differently, I think she is a better actor than the films that she is in might give her credit for if yeah. she was i think if she was in different things and pushed and she was being pushed into different directions not just you know i have a superpower and i'm fighting zombies um i think she's i think she's yeah. perfect it's just this it's a little bit more fun i wasn't blown away by the film but she's having a bit more fun and tony jars in it as well and they've got a little yeah. bit of chemistry um it's pretty cool it's good to have two leads who've got chemistry, and it's not like a love interest sort of chemistry. Uh, and Ron, Perl- Ron Perlman's in it as well with a fantastic wig. Like a fantastic wig. Oh, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, that cannot be what his hair is like in this film. It's unbelievable. It's like a character all on its own. Where are you uh, putting this in your... Where are you putting this in your ranking of video game movies, Ben? Oh, I mean... It's pretty low. It really didn't. Uh, but then I've not really played Monster Hunter, so I'm not probably the right person to say that. But pretty low. I wasn't blown away by it. It was pretty one note for me. Um, but then I did watch after that. I thought, oh, I feel like watching some Resident Evil, but I don't feel like watching Mila Jovovich Resident Evil. So I started watching the animated movies. Obviously, we're getting an animated series on Netflix this year. And loads of Resident Evil stuff, so I thought I'd watch these. So I watched Resident Evil Degeneration, the the CGI animated, uh, 3D animated uh, movie. And you know, it's pretty good. Is that recent? Is that new or? No, this is quite old. 10 years old, right? This is like 10 years old. So there's three. Mm. I'm going to watch all three, but I only watched the first one. So Degeneration is like 2008. It's got Leon, uh, Leon S. Kennedy, Claire Redfield. Um, And there's like the first half's like zombies in an airport. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Second half is like big mutant monster dude um, in a big facility. And yeah, it's all right. Leon's hair is so silky. It's unbelievable. It just looks so... I just think they've got an animation team dedicated <laughs> is only it to his hair. Spirits Within level hair. 
or nothing yes. at that level. Yes, one. No, I think oh, it might be just giving me the DVD for that. I need. To, I'm going to watch it soon. I think. Yeah, it's it's I, better than you than it got credit for, but it is. I liked wild. it. I was, yeah, I remember liking it too. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to watch the next two. I think the next one is called Damnation, and there's one called Vendetta as well. And I remember having fun with both of them to a degree. I've seen. Uh, it's it's been a long time. I've seen Degeneration. But mm. through circumstances of where I was, I saw it in Spanish without subtitles, so it's a little harder to follow. Yeah. <laughs> my Spanish is not good enough to follow an entire movie without yeah. subtitles. I suppose, yeah, I suppose you would need them a bit, but it's a standard stuff. Yeah, I think they're good. zombies, but I don't know. <laughs> I can't <laughs> quite tell. I don't know what their deal is. Is he suggesting that they shoot them? Is he trying to reason with them? <laughs> Can't follow this at yeah. all. Shoot him in the head. Yeah, that's it. What about you, Luke? Cool. Have you seen anything this week? I watched a whole lot. I've been um well, I watched a, a documentary on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Have you heard about that one? I saw some people uh, talking about it. I know, oh, I just felt yeah. in the mood for watching a nice uplifting documentary. Um and it was exactly that. It's about a guy who lives in South Africa somewhere and he goes swimming in the kelp forests, which I never knew about before but they're amazing they're like underwater forests like the these kelp trees are like the size of what like like an oak tree or something and he's sort of swimming swimming down into these kelp forests and it's like he's swimming through it's like he's flying through a forest he's sort of swimming through and he finds a little octopus and he um kind of becomes friends with it and it's just <laughs> him his sort of bond with this octopus over over a year or or so i think that's like its lifespan uh but it's really good really amazing like really lovely um and there's like some genuine tense moments there's like sharks that come to the picture there's uh chase sequences the special effects <laughs> <Thanos laughs> is in there uh, <laughs> i've made a note of this to watch it it sounds it sounds great it is yeah. good it's good Where, i'm afraid what? Thanos is not in it you are <laughs> it's octopus how do you know it's the same one every time because well there's only the one about um yeah. I mean you do raise a good question a good point. But uh well it I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Because like it Have comes, you got a secret handshake? Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> the octopus knows the octopus knows him, it addresses him by name every it waves. Time. <laughs> Just yeah. acknowledges him when he goes like, yeah, How many episodes there. are we talking, Luke? This always is a deal so breaker. It's a, it's a film, so like one and a half hour. Film is it? About 90 minutes. Yeah. One hour. A nice way to Sold. spend an evening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get in on that. How is your um post apocalypse binge going, Luke? Are you almost at the end of the apocalypse? <laughs> no, I've got a loads left today. After doing the trilogy of apes movies last week, I haven't actually got around to Oh, I've been playing Days Gone a bit more, and that's kind of more of my post apocalyptic stuff. But uh my fiance got me Little Nightmares too. Uh, so oh, kind yeah. of explain that. Um, it's great. It's if you like, if you played and like the first one, it's more of that. In fact, there's one sequence I was just doing in a in a hospital that's one of the scariest moments in a game I played in ages. Um, it's really spooky, really nice little set pieces, and the the visual design, the aesthetic, is really unique and quite amazing. Uh, I'll have to give it a go. It's slightly started, started off with Tim Burton, but then they went, let's make this 
really horrifying. <laughs> Full of gore and stuff. I'm, I'm going to get to it eventually. I started the first one a little while back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not I don't think I'm too. I'm not sure how long of a game it is. I'm. I don't think I'm too far into it. I think the first was like two hours long. It's not very long. Oh, in that case, maybe I'm almost done. I've just gone through this library with the with the spooky hands man, and uh, got got through that bit where you know the bit where he can, yeah. where he starts grabbing you. Yeah. Um. So uh, probably about an hour and a bit in. It's bit, the the emo, the only thing is when you inside's a similar sort of genre game platformer creepy atmospheric platform puzzle game uh, the only thing is because it's a it's a 3d game and it's it's using depth as well as the yeah. sort of dimensional it's so easy to sort of get stuck on a wall or as you're running away from something like the controls are quite clunky in a way so yeah. it's quite easy to get quite frustrated but That's it's, it's worth I found that but... like it's it's not it's not too frustrating but there have been bits where i've done What's I felt that? like I did quite a nice little sequence and I'm like, oh, I've just yeah. dodged all those leeches or that man, and then I literally just eat shit by like missing a plank and falling into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, like you, because there's like a rope in the middle of the thing and you're running away from the guy, you jump and you you think you've lined it up, but like you just completely boof it yeah. and go completely past it. Just, yeah. just fall off, just like in real life. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty good though. It's um, one of the more interesting um New horror game franchises, I think. I'm uh, I'm up for the second one. I I might roll straight through once I finish yeah. the first one. Yeah. Um. Cool. And then <clears throat> that's back, really. Oh, got yeah. on Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Which um, Ben, have you got some details about it? I got some details, mate. Uh, so Jacob's Ladder is a 1990 American psychological horror film directed by Adrian Lin, um, starring Tim Robbins, Elizabeth Pena, and Danny Aiello. Um, wait there. Morning is dead child, a haunted Vietnam War veteran attempts attempts to uncover his past while suffering from a severe case of dissociation. To do so, he must decipher reality and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. And Macaulay Culkin's in it as well. He is, yeah. Uh, so IMDb has this at 7.5. That's the optimum IMDb score. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is only 73%, which is a bit lower than I thought it might be. Uh, user score is 84%. Letterbox has it at 3.7. Some mm. choice Letterbox reviews. Belimoff wrote, Heavy, reconsider if you have back problems. Five stars. So he's put like a trigger warning in there. People with achy backs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ank said, Tim Robbins has no chops. This movie is loud, boring, confusing, and sad. <laughs> <laughs> One star. Uh, slime, da- slime the garbage main. Uh, says, geez, remind me to never go down that ladder. Five stars. <laughs> geez, Louise. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah. I, 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 bet, like... I bet that's what they were hoping. The director was hoping when I'm going to make this film, I'm going to get people to go, geez, the ways. <laughs> a lot of people are kind of sound a bit indifferent and then they give it five stars. Yeah. Uh, Vicky put Jacob's Ladder more like Jacob's Rather do anything than sit through this snooze fest. One star. <laughs> 
She's Jacob the calm now of the, of the situation. <laughs> I mean, you have to put a really... nice bit of effort into a review. Jacob's ladder, more like Jacob's rat, rav. Well, we just should no, do not. Obviously, not practice her name game skills that much. <laughs> I, I'd give her that. That's, 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 that's a powerful enough use. Yeah, you're from the Bronx, maybe. Radder. Yeah. That, that would kind of work, wouldn't it? <laughs> Radder. Yeah, possibly, Radder. maybe. To some degree. Uh, have you guys seen this before? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you say, Andy? Never, never, ever. There's a new one never. on me. Uh, this is a weird one. This is one where I kind of feel like I have, but then when I watched it again this time, I was like, maybe I haven't. So maybe it's just it feels familiar, doesn't it? So um, looking at the legacy section on Wikipedia, um, saying it greatly inspired the horror franchise Silent Hill, um, yeah. greatly inspired things like The Evil Within. Apparently, there's a X Files episode with um, music from Jacob's Ladder or something. The, he- like the head spin. That head stuff is yeah. That's that's very recognisable. From a lot I, of stuff, I isn't it? I think this might be where it originates, right? Okay. Yeah. Obviously, we when... we saw it we saw it quite a lot in things like uh, House on Haunted Hill. That's, what, I'd say. that's uh... what it always brings up for me. House <laughs> yeah. on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Those House on Haunted Hill. Give was... you a bit of a judder in. <laughs> judder <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, but there were some genuinely genuinely like scary bits and. Yeah. 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 It's a weird film. Um, the tone of it, it seems to be like, let's take normal day stuff, uh, normal occurrences, and try and work out how to make them creepy or by lingering <laughs> yeah. on like a wheel for too long or something. Um, it just gets more and more disturbing. Um, it's a weird a of... Yeah, like, go to a house party. Sounds nice. But imagine this happens. Oh, no, that's horrible. Don't want Get that. the I'm train not... on the way home. Everyone likes home time. This is the worst home time yeah. ever. <laughs> worst home time ever. One of your fellow passengers will be really unhelpful. Yeah. And then you'll be locked in the yeah. station. Fucking answer me. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it's got like layers to it. It's got like a bath few time timelines. Ruined. <laughs> Sorry, quite. Bath time. Bath time ruined forever. Gee, how much yeah. ice did they go through as well? Wow. Yeah, I feel like Jacob uh, Ben is the perfect candidate for your your real life horror section of the show because yeah. he's. Get some more. He's got, to say. he's got no end of them. If we had yeah. Jacob on the show, he'd be like, "Oh, where could you, where do where do I start? I've had yeah. I've had twelve today. Oh, been to house party last weekend. You haven't been to house party where the devil turns up and then you fall over on the sticky <laughs> floor. The devil oh. turns up. Does he? I mean, does he just turn up? The devil. Yeah. Turns not, up. Not, not only that, he. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. Don't uh, don't spoil. Well, yeah, obviously we will be spoiling the 1990 movie Jacob's Ladder, where um... 1990. That's crazy. Yeah, seems a bit more. It, it felt more mid 90s to me than yeah. 1990. So Macaulay Macaulay Culkin. Obviously, this is all pre Home Alone, pre uh, My Girl, pre. That's what else? I was thinking it had Uncle to Buck. have been. It, it had to have been Home Alone. I'm not sure he would have been a viable choice for what is a very seriously toned movie as the most <laughs> recognisable child actor in the world at the time. Yeah. Well, that's I'm alone in the yeah. cinema. Well, that was the full, that was the whole thing. Like genuinely, <laughs> that's uh, this, this film obviously has a lot more of a serious tone and it, you know, it tackles serious themes. So it wasn't one that I was, you know, laughing through, 
But I felt bad. I was watching it with my wife, and like she was taking it seriously, and I was smirking away because that bit when he gets the photos. So oh, your wife was going to throw these photos away. So he's looking through them, and then he's uh, you know he looks at one. He's a baby, and then he looks at one, and it just looks he doesn't introduce who it is, so it just looks like he's found a picture of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> I've cut out a paper. So apparently, so he's, un- he's uncredited in the movie, Macaulay Culkin, but also his name's Gabe, and it just reminded me of uh, Pet Cemetery. The little kid's called Gabe in that, who also gets mown uh, yeah. down horribly. Oh, don't yeah. be called, don't be a little yeah. don't be a little kid called Gabe in a movie because you get blonde with blonde hair, you get yeah. flattened. Getting flattened. <laughs> and your dad will never quite get over it. No, it kind of feels a bit Stephen Kingy in a way. This this film, I'm trying to, the tone of it is, I don't know. It's it's a curious. It's a curious one. I don't think any. I can't think of any film that quite captures this similar kind of style. It's it's a unique one. Yeah, and yeah. you know we come to the, you know, we come to this weird narrative mix of like non almost non-linear stuff at times as well this is a yeah proper in you know this is a proper like inception inception job over here with the with with things changing and the layers within layers and having not seen this and i had a vague awareness of what the movie was about but i made a point of not refreshing myself as to what it was so not having explicitly what the ending was. So as you go through, you think, okay, what is this? Is there like a spiritual element to it? Has he become a Dr. Manhattan and he's experiencing his history all at once? Um, who knows? But um, yeah, it was, a lot... it was interesting. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of like biblical stuff as well, isn't there? So I think there's, yeah. obviously, a, there's obviously times when he's looking at a book and some images, but also from reading up on it, it's the, there's an alternative title of Dante's Inferno as well. Um, okay. So obviously the dream, the place yeah. between heaven and hell. So quite a lot of biblical themes and stuff like that. He has a little read of those books as well, doesn't he? He's got an illustrated version. Um, but he's oh looking yeah. Through it, he's looking through it a bit <laughs> of the movie. Um, and fair play to him. I have tried to read Dante's Inferno, and it's been translated from like an ancient Italian poem. <laughs> even obviously I don't read Italian so it has been translated into English not don't that much easier if I'm honest don't read Spanish what do you do? yeah what do you do? I know my grasp of the romantic languages is sketchy at best <laughs> if you want to experience the story of Dante's Inferno just play the PS3 game Dante's Inferno, which is basically a God of War ripoff. Is it blasphemy? Possibly, but uh, yeah. It does have the voice acting of Mark Hamill, so there's that. Does and it? You can do, does yeah. It? You can do the blas. You can. You can. You got blasphemy, but you've got a little bit of Mark Hamill voice acting, and he's got like a special cross. And if you hold down circle, you do like oh, a cummy, yeah. like a cummy hummy ha to like do a big. A big yeah. cross. You. And yeah. um, I remember it. It was all right, wasn't it? I remember yeah, it being all right. When you when you QTE finish the baddies off, you can either punish them or you can forgive the shit That's out of right. them. And they're like, <laughs> I'm gonna forgive you. <laughs> and you forgive them and send them off to heaven. And they're like, oh, they're really annoyed about it, but they'll thank you when it's all over. <laughs> Whoa, forgiven. <laughs> See you later. 
Do like a Knights yeah. Templar or something. Yeah. Yeah. In in this one, Dante is not a um, he's not a poet. He is a he is a fighty knight. And you begin in the fighty tutorial knight. by beating up death. Oh. It sounds a bit like God of War, but yeah, that's that's cool. It's very God of War, isn't it? Um, I remember it. I think I played it around about the same time I was playing God of War one and two. So, Pause, so pause the so pause the podcast here. If you really want full context of the the deep philosophical things we're going to be going into, play 2008's Dante's Dante's Inferno on PS3 and Xbox 360, and then come back and join us. Come back and enjoy I, I haven't, so I uh, I won't know what you You're guys are talking about. You have time. no idea what's going on. Yeah. All, yeah, there we go. Uh, so yeah, cast wise, we got Tim Robbins as Jacob. Slatter, J- Jacob Singer. Yeah, if his name is Slatter, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Slatter. Um, he's like a Vietnam War veteran dude. Uh, Elizabeth Pena is Jezebel. See that Jezebel is Jezebel like a biblical? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, says uh, that as well, and his kids have yeah. got Bible names too. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's called Sarah, so that's all right. <laughs> uh, Danny Aiello is is Louis, who's like his chiropractor slash dad. I was confused about their relationship. Like an angel, as well, isn't he, or something? Yeah. His dad, his dad He says at some point, practice He says at some point, you look like an angel. I thought they could have at least framed it better. The light was right over his head or something. I, I mean, a bit on the nose, but I'd like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, else? There's like it. There's the other. Uh, war veterans as well, like his mates. Ving Rames is one of them. Um, who else? I recognise one of the guys as well. There's a guy who can't. He has a condition where he can't look. Um, yeah. He's like eyes are constantly moving. I can't remember his name, but I've seen him in a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the guy from Seinfeld is in it as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, George. Oh George yeah, George Costanza. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've missed anyone out of I obviously Tim Robbins, um, his family, mm. like two young kids. They are only in like one scene as kids, aren't they? And his, and his wife slash ex-wife yeah. is. Oh, all those other kids got to do. They're playing against Macaulay Culkin. Come on, what do you want from them? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I've got to say, I think Tim Robbins is kind of great. Um. There's one of the letterbox reviews saying that he was boring yeah. or whatever, but okay. he was spot on. I, I feel like he's a really likable guy. Um, I also got a feeling that he's probably quite tall. I don't know if you really noticed the same thing. I thought that's yeah, that guy's a tall. I feel like Tim Robbins dude. is tall. He's too easy going to be short. A real lanky guy. <laughs> in in Wikipedia here it says Kyle Gas, isn't it? Like the guy from Tenacious D has a character called Tony. Really? Which is kind of nuts, because that Pruitt, Pruitt Taylor Vince, the guy who can't like focus on stuff, he kind of looks like him, and I was a bit like, he looks like Kyle Gass. Do you reckon... <laughs> What's hey, going on? What, uh, what's happening? Yeah, what is happening? When I search you... Kyle Gass, that's the guy that comes up. Yeah, the other guy that's that comes up. Kyle Gass. Do you reckon someone on Wikipedia has got like, drastically confused? I think so. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> well, the picture that comes that up hole. is of that guy with the eye condition well, but I'm, when I'm, he's I'm, bold and looks yeah. like Kyle Gass <laughs> well, someone's got confused Kyle Gass on his IMDB is Jacob's Ladders on there 
Yeah, but anyone could do that. Anyone could fiddle with IMDb. Can't <laughs> anyone they? could fiddle. Yeah. While well, you guys fell down that, night, that hole, I looked at uh, Tim Robbins' height. He is 1.96 metres tall. Um, for that? context, that's, that's, that that's makes him... as big as Chewbacca. Chewbacca that's yeah, that's what I was going to say, Chewbacca. <laughs> that makes Chewbacca's him taller than Mark Ruffalo, um, Clancy Brown, his ex-wife Susan Sarandon. Um, he's taller than Sean yeah. Penn. Six foot five. I knew it. I could tell he was really tall. He's almost Wait. twenty centimeters taller than Sean Penn. Towers. Did you say, over. Did you say he's six foot five? Yeah, six foot That's five. That's insane. Yeah. That's like a basketball player. Yeah. What I could the tell there's something about the way he carries himself. No, no one because tall people are always weirdly confident. It's like they've not got a care in the world. <laughs> it's like oh. they're bigger than other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, Walking say no problem with me. I'll see you later. I'll just boot you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Tim Robbins, big old boy. So yeah, obviously it starts in Vietnam. Jacob Jacob Slader is in Vietnam uh, having a shit. <laughs> He's having a shit somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's constantly that's, that's, laughing. Uh, Three different characters. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's got a tall guy thing. Constantly just laughing. People are making fun of you, mate. What are you doing laughing? Three different (laughs) things. He's got lots lots to be laughing about and being happy, though, because his army nickname is Professor. Uh, We do learn out later that he is very clever, but it could be that he wears glasses. And still, not only only are you a professor because you've got glasses, but you're always pooing all the time. Why don't you just leave your trousers down? Um... And then Bing <laughs> Rame says, "Like, why don't up? you come and why don't you come and masturbate me?" There's a little That's wank, and he goes, oh, ain't got no tweezers, mate." And he's he's got it. He's him. just regular. If anything, yeah. he's in a diff- he's in a foreign country. He's going to be more regular, I expect. His things are going to be going straight through him, like a like a food, like a bullet, <laughs> like a bullet from a gun <laughs> coming straight <laughs> out of him, shitting through an eye of a needle, like a knife through butter. That's a much better one. I like it's, a tropical, it's a tropical climate as well, so you know it's yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough on the old digestion, but you know it's he's not letting it, it's the sides. He's he's not letting it get him down. He's he's implying that Bing Rames has got a small dick. He's having a good old laugh about how much pooing he does. They're having yeah. a jolly good time, but yeah. that that levity is all cut short when someone points out that um, there's some enemies that they've spotted coming along the tree line and then things from there go very rapidly to shit not only is there you know a frantic firefight going on but half of the half of the squad or platoon or whatever it is all start having terrible seizures or panic attacks and it's um yeah it's a it's quite a harrowing scene right there are people with legs hanging off and Camera tilt, so they can't see what's going on. Yeah, it's a very jangles. It's the first. It's the first of a few examples of this where this film becomes and will harken back to that to that review. It's not in a bad way necessarily. It's very effective, but it becomes very loud, very disorienting, um, Mm. quite a frantic thing with so many things going on, super fast cuts, sort of horrific imagery. And oh yeah, guys, legs like hanging off, been blown off. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. And then I can imagine, like I was watching this on a on a TV of a Sunday of a of a Sunday evening on a moderate volume. I imagine this in a cinema was 
brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then Jacob runs around, and then he runs into the jungle, um, and he gets a bayonet stabbing right in the abdomen. And, uh, and we don't we don't see who it is stabbing him, but he kind of does. Uh, his eyes are super wide when he's looking at them, as if to say, "What the fuck, dude." Yeah. Dude, what are you doing? Sticking a bayonet in me! Out of yeah. order! Ow! Dude. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to him waking up on, uh, on a subway train in New York City. Um, and he's overslept. Which is kind of the Clive Barker thing, isn't it? Uh, Midnight Meat Train, where you sleep past your stop and you don't know where you are. Um, go on. Luckily, he didn't sleep past his stop, which was nice. But uh, he does ask uh, a woman, an, an older woman, woman, if he's if they've gone a woman, if they've gone past his uh, stop. And I mean, he commits to this. I feel like if I, I would ask her once, if she didn't respond, I'd be like, "Oh, screw you then." But he commits to it and asks her more than once, and then he's sort of unsure whether he should leave. But then she just looks at him with this cold, dead eyes. Which isn't nice, is it? And then he gets off the train anyway, and it is his stop. But I understand. Well, for, as he's getting off the train, he sees a homeless guy sleeping under these covers, and they've got a tail flapping about under the... <laughs> what do you have a tail? I, I don't I know what it was. was. Oh, was it going to be one of his... I thought, was it going to be one of his um, <laughs> army friends? I didn't notice. Put it away, tail. mate. It was a half-eaten pepper army. <laughs> and he, and he was like, oh, yeah, nice and spicy one. I'll have a bit yeah. of that. Oh, the door's shut before I can grab it. This must stop now. Yeah. Bollocks. So uh, I was watching it with Kat, and um, as he gets up to the station, yes, on the station, he realizes it's all locked. Um, I would just wait. He Within seconds, he's down on the tracks, like walking <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, next yeah. stop. What are you doing? Well, you, That's pick the last little phones. Thing you, do. you pick up one yeah. of those little phones that says, I'll oh, help. Yeah. yeah, the last thing you do is just jump down onto the track to start, and he like falls into the water. There's loads of rats down there. I mean, uh, he's having an awful time, and this is why I make sure I never fall asleep on a train. I used to do this, that you know, me riding the train places. I used, to, I mean, I wouldn't have ended up on the midnight meat train or in, uh, you know, in an analog for hell if I'd have fallen asleep. True, yeah. If I'd have fallen asleep on the way back from a trip from uni in Miss Tamworth, I'd have ended up in. Nottingham, I guess, which isn't that far away, but you know, yeah. inconvenient. <laughs> Man, inconvenient. <laughs> what about those people who could like fall asleep on a train or on the tube and seem to like you don't they look I'd, fast asleep? I, I'd do it, but I'd then they seem to get up just as just as their stop arrives, like they're they're tuned in to hearing what stop it is. I've only they're... ever missed, I fall asleep all the time on trains. I've only ever missed, I got quite drunk in the daytime, fell asleep on the bus, and went ended up by the next. Three or four towns over, had to come back. <laughs> it's right, pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You just because you never go, you never fully asleep. Like you kind of on edge asleep. Yeah, in you're tuned in. It's I guess is it like if you fall asleep and you know that you've got to wake up early, and then the you never truly thing. need yeah. the alarm, right? Like if you know yeah. you've got to, like you go on holiday or something, you've got like a flight at four in the morning. Yeah, you will wake up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um. So he. Oh yeah. So he. He, he gets. He's on the tracks. His his shoes are all so sopping wet. There's rats around, and then he get. And he's like a train coming at him. Yeah. He steps uh, in a puddle, doesn't he? And he then like, he's. For, <laughs> he like forgets that to move out the way. Like he can't commit to get go one way or the I, other. 
couldn't understand if the train was changing tracks. It seemed to be like he was just moving around and the train was like, but I'm over yeah. here now. Just jumping I mean, around. He does that a few times. I mean, a couple of times, I don't think he had any other choice. But his default thing to do when something's coming at him is to run away from it like like, like Charlie's Ferran and Prometheus. Just <laughs> run in a straight line. A little bit. He's yeah. already put himself in a lot of danger because he does check that the rails aren't electrocuted by just touching them quickly. Let's say... <laughs> electricity is dead fast like it won't yeah. like not like I'm bacteria faster. getting on a getting on a getting on food you haven't got a couple of seconds to get off yeah he thinks he's faster than it he's like i'm much faster you see me run you see me run 100 meters i'm flat out mate. he's at six foot five he's pretty got a long yeah. stride yeah it take it take the electricity a little bit of time to get up his leg to hurt him in his heart so he can just <laughs> take his leg just off as it's like yeah. up Old Jacob Slatter. Um, but he, um, you're right. He almost gets done by the train. Bit of indecision there, and then there are a load of old ghouly faces on the train, gurning oh, at him yeah. as it goes past. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's always like bozos on the train, don't there? But like, there's even like one at the end who's looking out the back. He looks like a little wave at him or something. He's got like a carrier bag on his head or something. Yeah, they look like mannequins or something. There's there's something not quite normal yeah, about like... him anyway. Proto Slenderman, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he manages to get out and go home, doesn't he? Like, uh, what time of day is it? Because it's like super early morning, right? Yeah, he gets in and just gets. I'm, I'm gonna have a shower. And Jesse, his um, missus who he lives with in this little apartment, says, "How's work?" And he's like, "Don't ask." It's like it's just a bad day at work. <laughs> Don't you bloody ass! Oh, yeah, uh, so no, he's no. like. So he's like a postal, postal yeah. clerk, dude, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, he works for the post office. He's pulled some overtime because someone hasn't come in, so he's finished super late. And um, obviously, maybe maybe courtship has changed um, since the 90s, but Jesse starts with, like, absolute shit. Um, Jacob, absolutely, probably worst I've ever seen you. And then uh, strips <laughs> off and hops in the shower to have some post-work sex. That's like a negging. Well, maybe things haven't changed. <laughs> negging. negging. <laughs> oh, like absolute trash. You look like rubbish. I've been working all night. Oh, you Six do. foot four. <laughs> Six foot five. There's a lot it takes of a lot of to... energy just to stay alive when you're this yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of me to just uh, brushing my hair after times. Just a lot of effort. <laughs> Those big arm swings just to brush your hair. That's... <laughs> You've covered kilometres in in strides. How's he fit um, in that shower as well? Yeah. If well, you she, got if she... you got in that shower, you'd be like a tiny little tiny little man in, the, in a massive giant shower. Like but he gets in, it, it just looks normal. A borrow, yeah. <laughs> so she she gets in and uh, follows up her negging with some with some shower sex. Sexy time. We, she's made an assumption that he's in the mood for it after a long night shift and almost being hit by a train. A cup of tea might be as nice. Yeah, um, I've but... seen some demons. <laughs> but um, he, so he gets on the bed afterwards, and that's when I think Jez, Jez, Jezza gives him <laughs> some photos that um, yeah, that's that one next... of the sons has dropped it's off. The, Gabe. It's the next morning, one of the sons has one of the sons has dropped them off. Eli has dropped them off. Yeah, from the photo book of Eli. Um, he has dropped those. It didn't bother. Like, if your son had come round, uh, Ben, you have a you have a daughter. If she if she came round to drop off some photos, 
You'd probably like to be woken up to say hello to her, right? I guess so, yeah. It depends. It's just a fly-by, like, here's some oh, photos. Have them. See you later. If, if, you've, if, you've, if you've been there for night shift, maybe you couldn't be asked, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But um, he, has, he has a look at them. Um, there's one of a baby. There's a couple of him and his wife that Jesse doesn't really uh, doesn't really appreciate seeing. And then he gets a bit upset because he sees a photo of famous actor Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> to be and fair, though, oh, she, she got traumatised by those burglars. The way she reacts <laughs> is a bit annoying because she's acting like, oh, his old family, oh, get over it. That sort of attitude. And then she, when she sees a picture of Gabe, she's like, oh, is that the one who died? Like, that's quite a big life Just experience to, to go through. refuses to remember the names of the other children. I think the thing is, like, Right away, we kind of know we're in metaphor land and not in like the real world. Uh, one of the, one of the things I quite like about this film, um, I hate some of the films that do this and then they go, Oh, it's all a big reveal. I bet you didn't know that he was actually dead the whole time. But this film is like constantly like, like land, laying on fit, even like halfway through, even saying you're dead, Jacob, just in case you didn't realize you're dead. Um, and I think it because it's upfront about it, I think it kind of works like Jezebel is a kind of evil demon kind of personified woman right she's kind of trying to pull him away from his original mm. his living family life whatever whatever he had so bloody, bloody metaphors i mean as far as we know she's just a lady that he met at the post office once yeah so, coloring her in a very bad light she might be perfectly nice and she is nice sometimes but in this occasion she yeah. sees that he's upset having seen a photo of macaulay culkin and goes <sighs> Uh, well, I, I hate stuff that makes you cry. So, um, I'm get gonna over waz, it. I'm going to waz these in the furnace. You'd say, chuck yourself in the furnace, mate. It was you asking if he was the one that was dead. That's that, chuck yourself that's upset in me. the furnace. What do you, what do you, what do you chuck yourself in the furnace? Or oh, will, I oh, bloody will. Uh, yeah. She does it, but he keeps the photo of um, of Gabe in his um, in his yeah. wallet there. Wallet. And this is the only photo he's got of him. I mean, it must have been weird, you know, all those years ago, only having like one photo of someone. If you lost it, that was it. No way yeah. of getting it back. Especially yeah. if someone had died, you'd be like, oh, God, I've lost that photo. I'm never going to be able to see a picture of them ever again. Oh, my God. Get the and then you're kind of worried, like, if the face you remember is actually the face or if it's changed yeah. over time. Or I'm not remembering yeah. Macaulay Culkin anymore. I'm just remembering the uh, memory of him. The memory yeah. of McCall. I'm all, I can just think of Joe Pesci. All I can think about. I try and think of him. I think of Joe Pesci. And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, little Joe confused. Pesci. Yeah. 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 And eventually you're not remembering him. You're remembering <laughs> the character of Richie Rich. It's, yeah. Richie Rich. Yeah. Who is? Oh, God. Who is, who is big... Gabe anymore? But, you know, debates yeah. on the properties of memory aside, um, he's all right. He's, he's taken the... Um, He's taken the memory. There's a nice little thing here where he calls... There's some harsh language here. Trigger warning, guys. He does describe Jesse as a fucking ninny. Um, does he? Does he? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I realise I was with such a fucking ninny. Um, um, so she burns up some photos, including one of Macaulay and, um, and a couple of the others. They get burned up in the furnace. Um Jacob is that what the he said the in the quote later on, the the demons like burn you they burn the memories away. They burn the memories away. Yeah, they 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 well they strip your life away like piece by piece and fuck it up. 
They're like um, everything, like your memories, your attachments, they'll like burn them, burn them away. All the things yeah. that make you feel human to you, just <laughs> an empty shell of a six I'll foot nine, six foot five then man. De- then demons will wazz them in the furnace like they're like they're just dry old photographs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Having had that little bit of upset, Tim Robbins turns up at the office for sort of a an afternoon shift, even though he's not going in. He brings Jesse um, some some, some fries. Yeah. Brings, brings ah, they, they work brings together as well. Oh, Jesus, I'll see you all day, and then I've got to come see you at night as well. I'm sick of you. Sick of the sight of you. Nah, they've got a nice yeah. relationship. He, he, comes, he comes and gives us some chips, and then goes, oh, I'm, I'm not here to work, though, because my back is killing me, so I'm off to see ah. my chiropractor slash dad. Um, <laughs> dad, what did you say? Dad, dad refractor. Yeah, and um, uh, he... when he's on, is, is it when he's on his way to see them? He gets kind of like heckled by some people who see him as a postman. Oh, do post, well, they do start singing the postman song. That might do be postmen a little bit get later. heckled? Oh, but it's, an, it's, not, it's nice dogs, heckling. <laughs> it's not. It is nice. It heckling, is a nice yeah. heckling. Yeah. They, sing, yeah. they sing him a song about wait a minute, Mister Postman, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that, is that an American thing? The thing that, yeah, do we get uh, of an era in the UK where people singing Postman Pat to, um, <laughs> yeah, to, to and then he's like, starts walking off, and they're like, Where are you going? He's like, Well, fucking getting on with my life here. I'm yeah. just kidding, I'm not gonna stop and hang out with you guys. Sorry, you're gonna deliver some post. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me, this is a it's not, this is not my I story. But, my back. Uh, singing songs to people when they have uh, jobs, my um. One of my friends, Greg, he shared a story that embarrassed him as an adult, but he definitely remembered as a cheeky young child seeing a police car um, with some local policemen in it and going up to them and like going up to the window of the car and going, singing the theme tune to the bill. And then he filmed their legs as they walked away. Maybe still in prison to this day. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was just <laughs> giving life. a take on maybe as a child he'd watch Jacob's Ladder and he assumes that's what you do if you see someone that has a uniformed profession you sing the, the tune to him and to be fair he was a Vietnam veteran as well so if he'd wear in his army uniform people would be singing the theme at MASH at him yeah <laughs> are we supposed to um, assume that he's got a bad back because of bending down and posting letters <laughs> Because oh. <laughs> well, he's six foot five, and he's yeah, being he, he really tall, having to slouch down, having to slouch down to to little hobbit houses. Yeah, to associate with short people, it's going to do you back. Yeah. yeah, his back's absolutely fudged, and uh, yeah, as as me and Luke were discussing before, we we both enjoy watching chiropractor YouTube videos of like the loudest crack of backs you'll ever hear. Compilation number six. Yeah. Uh, the back cracks in in this they're car. They're not actually that satisfying, are they? They're not satisfying at all. They're wet. They're like <laughs> that's the noise, mate. There's no maybe you your back, back is literally fudged, mate. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you back get a bad back on holiday on holiday in Vietnam on the in the war in Vietnam. <laughs> you know what's going on there because it's tropical. Too much, mate. Yeah, he got yeah too much shit, and he got a wet back. <laughs> from laying down in the in the steamy in the steamy tropics you've got got yourself a wet spine on holiday like a mix of holiday where were you i was in vietnam oh on holiday no the war 
when they play Civ. It's because it's I like the, uh, yeah, the chiropractic videos where they, they put like a thing under your neck, like a fabric thing, and they, yeah. do you know what I mean? And they kind of do that, and then they put suddenly yank it up. Was, and your head yeah, kind of stuff, pops off your neck for a second. With stuff like that, I feel like it's a near-death experience. I feel like it, if it, go, it could go drastically wrong... <laughs> this could go be from... really wrong. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, the last twist of his neck that he gives him at the chiropractor's, doesn't it like give him a memory or something yeah. like that? It gives him a memory of his ah, mates in Vietnam. He goes back to Vietnam, yeah. And his <laughs> like, guts are hanging out, apparently. I, I can't remember. I mean, I'm having um, flashbacks right now. About that scene in the film. About um, Jacob's ladder. <laughs> it's like uh, his guts. Someone saying his guts hanging out. He's he's crawling. He's dying. He's trying to get say help me, and someone's looking for him. Some Vietnam soldiers looking for him. But then he comes back to this chiropractor, uh, and the chiropractor's like, "You're a good lad, Jakey," and he's like tapping his boobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks, a good man. lad I mean, and I'm your dad <laughs> okay, uh, I think here Jacob says you know you're an angel or something of an angel he's, he's got like a light above yeah, his head he's got, the, he's got a ring light over him and, and he, he goes says, you, know, you know the last person who said that to me and he says no because you, every time you come here, it's like, all right. He's laying it on thick every time he goes to the corporate. You're a bloody and He's chatted about his ex wife as well. He's saying, like, oh, you should, um, she still goes on about you. Yeah. She still loves you. You guys should get back together. He goes, oh. Does she, does she use him as a, as a chiropractor she as gets, well? Uh, fingers pops. She's got a bad knee. <laughs> There's always a knee given a jip. And he was like, yeah, uh, I suppose okay. I could just break patient <laughs> doctor privilege. <laughs> So, yeah, God, her knee, her knee is absolutely fucked. Let's be backwards. honest. Yeah, the kneecap's yeah. popped up. It's backwards. Uh, back if up. I was any good at my job, she wouldn't need to come see me all the time, but she does. So, uh, it's been Michael Clark Duncan in Daredevil. He's been sent the knees the wrong way, so she's got to come in and be get fixed up. Nasty, nasty, um, nasty. And then on the way back from his, oh, it's almost a bit of a waste. This is like. Oh, you know, just after you get some nice clothes out the wash and then you spill something on the top you put on immediately. He's just got his back all fixed. And he's walking, he's walking down. on air. He's walking on air. He's like, yeah, he's he's having the greatest day of life. But Mr. Blue Sky is playing and he's walking down <laughs> the aqueduct from Terminator 2. And then <laughs> and then a random person pops around the corner and goes, bloody hell, look out. And then what should come down the road? But. A manic car swerving and chopping about all over the place. Um, and just he's, he's going from the left side to the right side. And it always seems to be coming towards him, like pinging off the walls. And then he manages to jump through some pallets into a, you know, into a little side thing. And it goes past and a bit like the train. with some horrible ghoulies in there that are glaring at him as they go past. Yeah. Another guy with an Audi carrier bag on his head. Oh, and. And their heads are shaking. They've, yeah. they've, they've got the judders, I think. Yeah. Those judderman uh, <laughs> eating something Judd- too sweet. Should we get that? <laughs> bit too sweet. Wait, it hurts your jaw. Like your jaw muscles oh, ache. Oh, that's it. <laughs> They're playing that 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 classic before memes were a thing. All those like TikTok challenges in the year of the nineties. You just do them, and you'd hope passers-by would see them. It's the '90s challenge of putting it, put an Aldi bag on your head and whack a ton of sours in your cob. It's dangerous. We must say disclaimer: don't do that at home because it's dangerous. Don't put a carry bag on your head because you know. Or have too many sours because 
both of those uh, things back for you. Yeah. Definitely. Do them, don't do them do that together. At the same time. Only the toughest on Rays could pull those off. So unless you are the toughest, don't try this at home. Can you do the shaky <laughs> head thing without special effects? <laughs> um, uh, oh, that's good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That's good. That's good. I'm a neck. <laughs> I'm a neck. Oh, where's the chiropractor? Where's my dad repractor when I need him? Everyone's... So I remember once Kat uh, said she woke up with a bad back and he said, did I sleep funny? And I, as a joke, as a lark, said, yeah, you slept like this. And I did like a headstand without the hands on the bed and my neck popped. <laughs> and I had, <laughs> I had like the worst back. And maybe, maybe that's why I've still got a bad back today. For a lark. <laughs> I swear You've, got to, <laughs> you've got to go to your dad and practice to get it fixed. About the way she slept and killed my back, yeah. Yeah, you um, slept on this and then you actually ruined your life. <laughs> All for a joke. Are you proud of for yourself? Anyone uh, for anyone that's listening in there, if you're not wearing expensive headphones, you know, just try, try it yourself. Give, you, give your head a little shake around and see if you can recreate. <laughs> I think when I was reading, I think it's like obvious how they did it, I think it's like shot at a really low frame rate and obviously someone's going mad with their head and then sped mm-hmm. up to a ridiculous degree. Uh, yeah. Pretty terrifying. It is no, effective as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really spooky when you when you see that jeepers, creepers, jeez louise is what you'd say if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Jeez I've I've, I've had a jump on the floor and thinks, right, I better go and see the other type of doctor. I'm going off to the hospital to see Dr. Carlson. He'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's like a veteran's hospital. hospital? Isn't it? They have a special veterans section or whatever. He goes along to the hospital and he has a chat with an unhelpful nurse who goes... 
I ain't got no Dr. Carlson here, is he new? He goes, nah, he's been here ages. Then are you talking about? What's your name? It's uh, Jacob Sladder. And he goes, (laughs) 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 no, no, no Sladder's on the record. Don't know what to tell you, mate. And he goes, oh, look, this I, whole time I, as well, he's bent right down, looking into her little office, like like. I wonder he's got a bad back. BFG. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing? He's having to lean in there to get the information. She's not very helpful. And then her hat. He's first. He's going. Oh, can you, I? I know where his room is. If you can give me a pass to go into the hospital, then um, get a, get a hall pass so the hall monitor doesn't stop me. I can. I can just go along and go and see Dr. Carlson. Um, and she's not being very helpful. And then her hat falls off and there's horrible bone in her head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What was all that yeah. about? What was it? Was it's it a like horn? a horn? horn? Biggest little horn. A little horny. Yeah. She's, she's very unhelpful. So she's, she's a unicorn, I guess? She's not even had lunch yet, remember? She says. Oh, yeah, she does say that. No, no, that's not. I hate when people say that because I go, "Well, ain't my problem, mate. Nothing to do with me. You're, I'm here to be helped by you. So you haven't had your lunch yet? Well, you bring you a cream cracker. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Just the cream cracker. No water. No drink. Eat that. (laughs) Eat that. Go on. Eat six of these if you can. (laughs) Don't get a big old bone in your head about it, but she does. And as soon as he sees that, he's like, "Right, I am off." But it's not just a hospital. <laughs> so he bolts. He bolts into the. He bolts into the hospital. But it appears to be not just a regular hospital, but behind that single set of double doors, it's a full-on lunatic asylum, and there's just people it's, milling it's about in the corridors. I guess he... so. Hmm. Oh, he goes to the yeah. Silent Hill version later, I guess. Yeah. Because there is like nice and then horrid versions of everything. So he's at the he's at the normal bit of the hospital where there are just a regular amount of of patients there, um, but they're all there are some people who are clearly like in straight jackets or you know having like being restrained by people um, in the corridors and he goes tearing down with the lady shouting after him, um, and he, he gets bursts a into the room. Security guard dude chases him as well, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, he gets and caught the secu- up and couple the security guard gets patients. caught up with the people that grab onto him. A couple of the people grab onto him. Yeah, they chase him about as effectively as those airport security guards chased Featherboy at the end of um, at the end of Love. Actually, that little boy would have been tackled to the floor instantly by those armed guards. Was it pre nine eleven or post nine eleven? Post, because they referenced nine well, eleven at the there start. We go, then. There we go. He would have been down. Completely unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> turn the dogs loose. Dogs with tasers in their mouths. <laughs> um, but no, let the bear uh, out. All right, <laughs> the airport bear. The airport um, bear. Just swipe him once. Done. But um, that doesn't exist in the pre nine eleven world of um, of Jacob's ladder, and Jacob is able to get in to Doctor Carlson's office. But there's a group session going on in there. And a completely different doctor or allied medical professional comes out and says, um, Dr. Carlson, yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't explain the new, the nurse's useful, uselessness at the, on reception, but um, you just say, yeah. oh, yeah, Dr. Carlson, like, exploded, like, um, like about a month ago. 
Um, oh, okay. Explain. Yeah, it, that, that is what he says. Because oh, he died. He died in a car accident. Oh, a car accident. How? Well, I want to say car accident. His car exploded with inside from a parking parked up position. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah, would you say it was a car yeah, accident? It wasn't exploded in their car. <laughs> no, I meant for it to happen. I'd say explosion. The car exploded. Yeah. He spontaneously combusted. Um, so then he has a party, I think. He just cuts to party time. Yeah. yeah. They, they, have, they have some chat in the... They have some chat in the bedroom... And then there is a party where there is a sheep's head. At first, that's the only thing that seems awry. He seems yeah. to be at a. Um, he oh, seems mate. to be having a party, <laughs> and it's yeah. okay. And then there's a sheep in the fridge, and then he. There's a palm reader on the stairs. Palm reader on what the stairs. Why is this? Yeah. Actually, you just wanted to go to the toilet, and you're like, oh, for God's sake, you can't get the palm reader. All right, yeah, apple. I've had my palm red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've my, done uh, this. Have a look at my hand here. What does my desperate for a piss line look like? <laughs> <laughs> and also, after you've had a piss, come down, don't wash your hands, get your palm red again, and then halfway through, just go, I didn't wash my hands. So, <laughs> wee, joke's on you. Or Unlucky. wash your hands, but leave them leave them wet. Just confuse <laughs> yeah. them. Leave them wet. Yeah. Leave them yeah. wet. Your hands oh. are wet, and I'll go piss. <laughs> <laughs> They're covered in piss because you'll have washed them with warm water. So yeah, be a, a, a warm. And they'll go. Oh, the does the balls doesn't the smell hands. like. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell like piss. I know. I'm hydrated. Even the old Very wet hydrated. hand of Sarah man as you go down the stairs just wipe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. <laughs> Little wet willy. Read this. Hopefully, he dried it. <laughs> Freddy Krueger moment for some reason. But unfortunately, <laughs> being inconvenienced on the stairs is the least of his worries because Jesse goes, because people are having big old dance at this house party. Maybe I'm not having the right type of house parties. I've had a few oh, house parties. Oh, yeah, but so people never dance this much. Yeah. Mostly, we just have a drink, a bit of chat, maybe uh, you know, maybe play a few games. Game of Risk. <laughs> yeah, this was nuts. Yeah, this made me tired. This was the kind of thing where I was like, "That's a workout, that is." It's that song, Mark Moulin, not Moulin Rouge. Yeah, it is Moulin Rouge. They've got, they've got Maya, they've got Pink, they've got, they've got Missy Elliott. They're all in there. Yeah, yeah. They're they're singing, they're singing that, and people are having. A big old dance to it in what I assume is an apartment building as well. I bet the neighbours are furious. Fifty people in a semi-detached house, and there are people banging on the walls. Let alone <laughs> laws are people. Maybe everyone from the apartment. Maybe they've done the thing where they've invited the neighbours to the party, yeah. and then they're either going to be right. there or you were invited, complain. so you can't really complain. Yeah, that's that's wrong, isn't it? Um, uh, so the. the Palm reader does say to Jacob that he's already dead, and he's just like, "Yeah, yeah all right." Um, and then Jezebel wants to like dance with him, and he's like, "I'm all danced out. I've had enough. I'm six foot five. I can't. Da- Everyone around my knees is getting on my nerves. Just, it's just annoying." Um, yeah, and then he witnesses what we assume is just a hallucination of sorts, but he's... it's Jezebel getting having a dance with initially some sort of weird creature. I thought it was like a bug thing initially, but is it yeah, supposed to be the devil? Well, first I think it's supposed to be a, like bit a, devil. a bit of a grind up against it, which is very disrespectful um, in yeah. the 
in the in the first instance. I know it's a very tightly packed party, but come on, a little bit of space, especially in this day and age. Um, and this is one of the things as well that like stop fucking about. Be serious. There is a uh, it gets this overwhelming feeling that we got not probably since the you know the 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 scene in Vietnam where the sound audibly gets louder and more more distorted and we get it starts to slip from the reality into becoming more horrific and there's a great deal of tension behind it a lot of fast cuts and people talking very fast and then it goes to, from <clears throat> this guy just her dancing with with uh, Jacob to her largely ignoring him and thrashing around increasingly sexually with the um with this other guy and then it becomes devilly and there's a bit of a tail like there was on yeah. the uh, subway and before you know it she's been is skewered. it implied that they are having sex and then she's skewered i don't Seems know it's weird. Like it. yeah. Oh, yeah there's a guy there's a guy the at the party there yeah there's a guy at the party as well and they're like a weird dude um i think he, he sees some Sorry. of the shaky head stuff as well doesn't he yeah, oh yeah, that guy. Shaky head, yeah, brain freeze. I um, I think that's what this these moments where it's like reality slipping into this sort of chaotic, um, surreal moments. That that's what this film does spectacularly well. Like it's it's the best. Like later on in the hospital scene, like it starts off normal, it just very casually slips into increasingly weird sort of liminal spaces. It does it so well. Yeah, and it and it yeah, does it here, and you can never. <clears throat> Even in scenes that appear normal, you can never kind of stay relaxed about it because it all went, you know, it will it will happen. Yeah, uh, that's part of the horror of it, I guess, is with the finding something terrifying in in what seem to be quite safe spaces. Yeah. Like, I guess you would never think of having some sort of horrible thing happen to you when you're at a house party surrounded, surrounded by, people, by people. But but no, it gets him there as well. And he and he collapses down onto the floor, and then you know he's panicking and screaming as people are are all around him. And mm. then we get maybe a sign of the other, you know, the other side of the relationship with 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 Jesse. It turns very quickly from one thing to another. It begins with her being quite angry with him at their apartment, like, "Oh, I've never been so embarrassed of someone having a funny turn and falling over." If you're going crazy you're doing this by yourself because i'm not going to be around a crazy person but then yeah. it turns out he's just got a temperature and therefore once there's a physical explanation for this it's a lot more she finds oh it a God. lot more understanding like, oh you've got a terrible temperature and then they they phone the doctor and they put him in a put him in a bath and they're filling it up with ice and so on to yeah, basically... literally get everybody in the building involved in this get some ice oh, everybody weird. Yeah. Yeah. Pin him down there because I guess he's like, if someone knocked on your door and said, Get some ice, come quickly, Jacob's absolutely sweltering. roasting up, he's sweltering, <laughs> he's, he's sweating. Oh, right, oh, tell him to put his head out of window. No, we need the ice bath. Uh, and he doesn't want to be in the ice bath because it'd come sharp, wouldn't it? Be? Especially if you're hot. <laughs> It's the uh, what's it called, Whiffman Hoff method, whatever they call that. Oh <laughs> yeah, that dude. And yeah, breathe. stick your balls straight in a freezer. Dip your balls in an ice pot. <laughs> breathe like that. He, he says, uh, Jacob says, um, they're burning me with ice. 
So even though it's supposed to look like they're trying to look after him, I kind of still feel like these are demons torturing him in yeah, some way. Like he's nude as well. He's naked and, he's, and all and his neighbours are there. <laughs> Imagine the embarrassment. Naked. They're all looking ice. in. <laughs> ice. <laughs> ice all over your balls. You're like, ooh. Have you seen? No, I promise you, it's a grower, not a shower. And they're like, we put some... Ian and Ice lollies looking in. Yeah. It, is, it is hellish. Because of course you've had the freezer anyway. If you've got if you've gone in the freezer to get uh, if you've got if yeah if you've gone in the freezer to get your ice cubes out, you can have a magnum while you're there if you got one. (laughs) They've got their mini magnums. They're handing them round. Who threw Solero (laughs) with that? Oh, it's not Solero. That's a mini milk. It's a a vanilla flavored mini milk. That's a premium ice cream. That is. (laughs) Oh, mini milks are great though. They're amazing. They're so cheap, and the, the 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 white one. I don't. Nothing quite tastes like a nice mini milk. Ask Jacob. He's <laughs> <laughs> a mini milk, all right. Um, but yeah, he's having a. He is right poorly, <laughs> and he's being. And he's being. He's being. He's being. And he's too poorly. You can't have any of these ice creams. They're all. You they're think all having a. They would cool them down. So. Yeah. While this is happening, he's he starts to having more hallucinations, doesn't he? While he's in the ice bath. Well, this um, is it. He goes he goes back in time at this point, and this is like where I thought yeah. I wasn't sure because this is not you know without the explicit nature of it being death and knowing that there is that was the one thing I knew about the film that was some type mm. of LSD and experimentation in there as well. I was like, okay, so what is reality? Because then he wakes up and it's at a time in the past when he's still with his wife and he wakes up and he's too cold at night because the window is open and he has a bit of a grumble but he's like, oh, fucking hell. Window. Just a fucking window open. Got icicles on the top lip. Letting the, you know, letting the body cold in <laughs> and then his wife says, oh, you don't let the cold in, mate. Your heat goes out. It's the way thermodynamics works, Jacob. But you're the professor around here. Um, and then um, he's he's complaining about it. And then, again... People that look to initiate sex in strange ways. So he goes, "Oh, fuck's sake! I had a dream I was going out with with um, Jezebel from the from the from the London yeah. Post Office." And uh, I was living she with goes, her. She said, "Oh, it was a it was a blooming nightmare. Blooding blooming nightmare it was. She is absolutely quality at, at sex, though. She oh wicked, yeah, wicked thighs, <laughs> okay. and his wife and his wife is like." Oh, really? Do you? Right. And then it goes from it being like a little bit of a conversation about opening and closing the windows, a bit of narc about that in the night time, to maybe maybe we'll have some sex, but you should pour on cold water than that. The ultimate, the ultimate in uh, contraception, Macaulay Culkin turning up and going, hey, you guys, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing here? Get off each other. Riding a paint can into the room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he rides that paint can into the room and um and smashes that sexual encounter right in the face knocking its gold teeth right out of its head um and he goes oh couldn't yeah. couldn't couldn't sleep and he goes all right i'll uh one of us put you back to bed then who do you want to put you back to bed says the parents they both look at each other hopefully and he goes Classic. dad and it's like oh Fine. Um, and he, he takes him back to bed. Um, Macaulay Culkin has his own bed, whereas his two brothers have a bunk bed. And when they wake up, he goes, Oh, sh- 
go back to sleep, but he'll stay with Macaulay Culkin as long as he wants and read him stories. Not that he's got a favourite or anything, even retrospectively. Um, yes, yeah, so he sees Macaulay Culkin for a bit, and then I think that's the duration of it. It's just a nice touching moment between them that I guess is to show how much he how much he thinks Macaulay Culkin is brilliant. It's weird because I, I mean um, I didn't see any of this is really happening. I just sort of saw it all as he was just jumping between different periods of his life different imaginations yeah. of what yeah. may happen in the future with, or may not with hindsight i i thought okay this is a this is a memory within something else that are memories but for a moment i was like okay if what we're seeing is the present day and he's now gone back into a memory in the past did he really have a dream about being married to jezebel from the post <laughs> yeah. office and there was a prophetic nature to it has he as i say has he dr manhattan it and is experiencing all time that, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it as a memory. I just, I saw it as like he's he's kind of got two options. He's dying, and he's got two options to experience his death, either with Jezebel, which is the hellish version, or with his yeah. wife, which is the sort of acceptance and the nice version. He keeps flicking between the two, but I mean, it is. It, it's not like a, it's not a, a tangible solid plot is it it's a bit more of a yeah. uh take wishy, what you want wishy. from it i guess yeah, yeah so in his in his it, it memory is he's trying to come to terms to... sorry ben, you right. get... it doesn't seem totally hellish with jezebel i mean hellish to a yeah. degree yeah but they seem to have some nice times apart from yeah. when she like go she just like, goes really angry and scary at one point that was but I mean, after the bath it's gone i don't think she have any nice times after uh, that, really. after the bath, yeah, yeah it always happens. She's nice. She's nice to him at the funeral, but um, yeah, oh yeah. But the um, you're right. There is there's kind of a as we you know we come to later, and it's like a memory firing and experiencing possible lives you could have. Yeah. Is it like a slide? Is it like a sliding doors? Although with Gabe alive, this is his experience before the war. So this yeah, is that's right. Yeah. So this is almost a before and after. So it's a memory of his past when he was happy, I guess. But it is mm. a life because it mentions that Gabe, Gabe passes away. And this is mentioned at the beginning. His son Gabriel died before he went to Vietnam. Mm. So that was a that was a that was a thing that that happened, and it was obviously yeah. a happy point in his life. Whereas his life with with Jesse appears to be. After the breakdown of his Vietnam. marriage, he's returned from Vietnam. Yeah. What he maybe would found, would would find himself doing, what his life might be, and maybe that's it. Because well, we'll come to it when he has another chat with Dad. What um what that actually means. But um, yeah. as we come back to the future, we we have a um, an opener that shows Jesse is very happy that he's recovered, um, and is. Uh, is alive they go through that they've broken the fever and he's fine and what he needs to do now is rest and then we very quickly jump through to having rested and read dante's inferno for two weeks and jesse is sick of him just milling about the house just like oh fuck's sake why don't you go out or something and he goes <laughs> yeah. oh i won't because i'm i'm mad now um and she goes oh what what's all this and he shoves her because she looks like the devil he goes oh who are you he goes oh, fuck's yeah. sake jacob I'm, she I'm did going look like out. the devil there yeah she did look like the devil in in his yeah. in his defense i mean 
yeah, but she wasn't because when he pushes her, it's her again. So she, it's clearly not going well. I mean, do we are we led to believe that is he experienced this in real time or is it flashing for him as well? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, is do you think what are you saying? You do you think he's experiencing? Uh, this plot in the way that we are as we're watching it as well. Yeah, like is it like is it like flashes yeah. in between for us, or is you know is it just for our narrative purposes? Like obviously, it'd be a very it would be a Snyder cut level of uh, length if we actually to watch him read Dante's Inferno in real time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in the director's cut. Yeah, you see him actually. Mm. Oh. That's a good bit. Yeah. Spooky picture. This, bit, this bit's well boring. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my camel was voicing this. Um, um, yeah, he's losing it, and it's clearly getting more difficult for him when he gets a, com- a call from one of his old colleagues in the army who we didn't really t- talk about, but when we saw the flashback, he was a character who was almost sitting motionless and sort of paralyzed by fear as all of the of all as all of the things unfolded around them. Um his name is Paul and he wants to speak to Jacob because only he would understand him and he is he's losing it. So they you know typical, you know, his, his girlfriend Jesse wants him to go out and he, he's not having any of it. One of the one of the boys phones him up and he's straight out down the pool hall. Um and that's where he meets Paul who talks through a similar experiences to the ones that, that Jacob is having, right? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're all um, having similar uh similar demonic disturbances yeah. in their life. And he, he describes at this point, I'm going to hell, there are demons attacking me, they I see them everywhere, I don't know who I can trust, I've come to tell I've come to tell you. Um Jacob believes him and they they realise that they need to tackle this together. There is a mysterious stranger who is clearly taking notice of their conversation. Um and then after a brief scene we go to leave the the bar and this is one of those nice moments where you as a viewer it, it clicks for you just moments before it clicks for, for the characters I think I was watching it with uh, with Karen and she turned to me and said this car's going to blow up <laughs> <laughs> oh no and uh, lo and behold yeah Paul is much like uh much like Dr. Carson dies in a car accident. Yeah. A. Dies in well, yeah. Classic accident. The person who pulls Jacob away from an explosion, is that the doctor who is the yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I noticed this a few times. And I don't. Uh, this. I might be completely wrong on this. I didn't even rewind it to check a, check if I was right on it. I swear that Paul, who obviously got expl- got exploded in the car. He was there when they were all giving him an ice bath. I swear. I should have rewound it because Maybe. it was almost like it's almost like the cast of characters kind of like bleed into scenes and sometimes yeah, they're there. Yeah. Like there's other army friends all... they're sometimes in the background. They sometimes become the wobbly head people. 
Also, yeah, and also mm. his army friends, they definitely all died, did they not? I think Rames definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was, I guess this is one of the first things as well. Like, I think not knowing the plot and not unpicking that he has died at this point, when you see the funeral, that's one of the, the flags you get. Like, Bing Rames was definitely having some time that type of fit and dying in this in this early bit and we saw someone else I, I can't tell again without rewinding I'm sure it must have been one of those other characters we see with a leg hanging off but these guys yeah. are all in a terrible state and now we see them all together at this um, at, at, at this funeral for Paul which again is another nice little hint that there's something that's not quite right about the reality that's um, mm. that, that's that's going on here and you know we we start now to build in those layers that show different things that could happen because they have a funeral and then as the guys get together and they're talking about the things that paul paul said to them with the exception with rob who insists he's not going crazy and he's not seeing anything as soon as they begin to mention it you see the others begin to show signs that they're clearly afraid of it as well and they have these um this shared experience. I wonder if that means that Rob potentially isn't dead, but um, mm. but they um, but they 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 they're clearly all having the same thing, and they begin to believe that the government has potentially done something to them. This is where the government conspiracy angle begins to arrive into the film, yeah. and they all pop along to see uh, to see George Costanza. Yeah, a bit of a younger George Costanza. Uh, I think he's got most of his hair at this point. He's a um, fiery little lawyer man. Uh, I think he, he decides to take the case or kind of says, I'll look into it, see what I can find out. Um, but I don't think it's long before he just he de- denies the case. Or yeah, he denies the case, but then, but then it's because Jacob's like comrades they've apparently oh, backed yeah. out even yeah. though like just before they were like yeah let's do this we're gonna do it we're gonna get to the bottom of it but then literally later that evening or the next day they're all like nah we just can't be yeah. bothering with it and it's all and it's all um very quickly comes unraveled so like he goes from again having like some hope that this is going to be solved and there is a rational explanation to it to no, all of us have dropped out and he phones one of his friends who immediately goes, ah, well, don't bother talking to the others. We've all made our mind up and as he hang and don't call anymore. Um, again, maybe taking away that area of support as well. And then as he hangs up, all of the other guys are together. Um, Jacob goes to see George Costanza, who then throws something else into it as well, which is, um, well, I looked into this. Um, and your record show that you were all um, your entire like squad was discharged on mental health grounds mm. because um, something happened to you all and you you all lost it after a training exercise in Thailand. None of you were even in Vietnam. Yeah, and that makes him furious. Um, yeah, it was. Of... Yeah, it bloody was. <laughs> was that one just holiday, mate? In Thailand, I was in in Vietnam for the war yeah. um, and he sort of roughs up George a little bit and then 
then scarpers off only to be abducted by some G-men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's random, isn't it? It so is they, quite like, random. They tried to intimidate him. Um, what do they say to him? They say... It's the you're police a... sergeant from Ace Ventura. And he goes, oh, you're all washed up, mate. Don't you don't you put your nose where it doesn't belong? You, who you've mm. been talking to, don't mess with things. And again, this this builds into the this this conspiracy they want to cover up because he is he does have the feeling that maybe someone has got to his to his friends and made them you know made them clam up and want to back away from pursuing the incident um and they kind of they threaten him with a gun in the back of the car and say right don't you be um don't be kicking this particular hornet's nest jacob don't care how tall you are um, we'll we'll sort you right out, and then he stretches his legs out. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he uses he does pretty his powerful, well, doesn't he? Like he's he does kick his, he, gas. He's all elbows. He's elbowing both of them in the face. Particularly and, sharp elbows. Yeah. Yeah, and this is um, I made a note of this scene. This is almost a parallel to when he's running down the street earlier on. Right, the car is weaving and crashing side to side in a very similar way to what he saw earlier as a man running down the street. Yeah, also uh, Gabe is mown down by a car. By a car. I wonder if there's like something there, like some reason why he keeps... I there was going to be like this sort of things. cut towards the car that was swerving after him earlier. Like, yeah. we didn't really find out anything else about that, and I thought there was going to be some weird thing where they were in that car and it was swerving around and then they ended up chasing him. Like there was some weird crossover with timeline. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel knowing what we do that. about the about the timeline and what we actually know when we come to the end, is it just that the portions here, because they aren't events that have happened, it's almost like composite from things that he does know and we're not seeing new things. So we know from that memory with his wife that Jesse was a woman that worked at the post office that he was mm. that he had some awareness of. The characters that you see in the background, and maybe Ben, to your point, there aren't people that live in that apartment building, so maybe his brain does fill in the blanks with one of his friends yeah. from the army. Yeah, that, that would make sense. That car crash with the car chasing him to torment him, and the one that he's in are visuals that he knows from the time his son was run over. So, so are in his memory. So maybe this is all just composite footage of his memories yeah things things that are within his memory and we've had a couple of flashes at this point as well right that really speak to um um you know flashes back to this whole being picked up by medics from the army in in vietnam and so on as well so we flashed between things with like an increasing rapidity yeah Um, because now it's like it feels like a a conspiracy so for the first yeah. time rather than there being something supernatural or something where he's at ptsd his ptsd now it feels like oh there's some sort of government conspiracy to cover up something that was going on in in vietnam so this is this is the first instance where i guess because before when um the character paul was saying people uh he's seeing demons and people are watching him and following him you kind of think okay so he's having the same sort of hallucinations as jacob slader um but but now i guess you're starting to think okay right so there's some form of 
government conspiracy going on and there's these agents of uh who are trying to cover it up trying to cover their tracks yeah and we end that scene with him elbowing agents that he dives out of the car lands on the lands on the <laughs> sidewalk you know what bit of him he lands on is back which is famously bad yeah um, <laughs> it's famously bad yeah <laughs> and then gets um, mugged by santa claus yeah santa yeah. claus robs yeah. his wallet yeah oh yeah which is, which is then goes to the hospital scene which i think whenever whenever this film comes up in conversation the hospital scene is the one that seems to come up the most yeah. um yeah. they wheel him in um uh, and they're like what happened to you and he goes uh santa claus stole my wallet or something and they go we need <laughs> yeah. to go it's even, it's even christmas time it's not even christmas time is it what's it's that something like knocking no. about and then they wheel him and they go to get down to x-ray and they're, they're wheeling him through what looks like the similar hospital place to where he was earlier in the film and it's focusing on the on the wobbly wheel and as and as it's going around this kind of circle circuit around hospital it's getting wobblier and it starts to like roll up the floor gets dirtier there's suddenly people uh on the roof looking down at him in some sort of mesh thing like people with like short yeah. like no it's like legs a horrible it's like becomes like a horrible like ghost train like a silent like stuck on like a ghost, ghost train, train. Yeah. there's loads of there's loads like of games on the floor, on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah people have been playing like quake 2 and uh, <laughs> they've been giving people and there's just yeah. there's just like chunks of people on the floor and yeah, it becomes yeah. a there's a guy one of those... leading because he's bashing his face into the wind there's, there's a lot of that kind of guy yeah, <laughs> it's that guy, guy he's just like he's got a he's got a spider <laughs> on his head and he's like whoa whoa hey <laughs> Yeah. Get it off. Harry. This is one of these things, right? <laughs> it's what's his name? I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, it's Marv. Um, yeah. Yeah, Marv has got a spider on him. It's it's and this is where like if you play it very straight, there are there are a few scenes that you could take. I think you could probably cut less than ten minutes out of this movie and it would be a thriller right um or like a like a mystery like a mystery film yeah you could cut not too much out of this and it would be a very different film it's moments like this that land it truly in horror it's this the party the um the vietnam yeah. scene yeah it's, it's this one in particular is really you know really extreme so you get all of those very quick very overwhelming images of uh, you know the the horrific scenes. The guy bashing his head against the uh, the wall, and then we get the bit where the doctors are surrounding him and they're preparing to lobotomize him or something equally unpleasant, right? So they are, you know, putting his head in a they're putting his head in a vice. One of the doctors is Jezebel. There is another. I didn't doctor. know you worked here. Has yeah, no eyes. Post yeah. office. So instead of office. instead of singing, <laughs> wait a minute, Mr. Postman, he Moonlighting. goes, like, Doctor, Doctor. <laughs> um, but the news is that he's got a bad case of needing a needle right in the right in the right in the head. Yeah, the guy who gives him injection, he's got no eyes; it's like flesh over yeah. his face. Um, and he, they're, they're saying, "You're dead, Jacob," and he's saying, "I don't want to be dead or something." He goes, "Well, why are you here it's then?" Tough. Yeah. yeah. What do you think you hear then? Yeah, exactly. Where's where's this place if if you're not dead? Uh, yeah. So yeah, at this point I'm thinking, yeah, he is dead, and this now is all unravelled. Like reality is unravelled, and this is what's left behind. Like this is like legit. This, yeah, is, this what, is horrible. Where he is. 
this is horrible hell, right? And he gets he gets a needle stuck right in his head, um, and we sort of flashed out of this horrible nightmare sequence where he is he's in a fairly depressing hospital still, but it's not yeah. one that's full of meat and body parts. Um, yeah. His wife and his um, you know his wife and his sons, um, the other two sons, come to visit him. They say, you know, his his wife Sarah goes as far as to say that she does still love him and just wants him to be okay, and they'll sort all, all those his things daughter, out. His daughter like starts laughing. She's like, "Maybe you're right, Dad." I think <laughs> that's uh, that's a boy, right? It's uh, bigger than Eli. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Eli. I mean, I think so. Big Andy's frozen. But he's uh, he's just like laughing at the uh, um. Poor dad, this has been through a lot. Is Andy frozen? Oh, yeah, back. I think so. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm frozen for a second. I'm I'm back now. You're back. You're okay. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then obviously then his dad refractor turns up, absolutely fuming, yeah. just see spitting feathers, uh, fuming at the fact that uh, Jacob's in the hospital. And he's like, "Don't you? What? Why? Why is he so angry? Just because?" I don't know. About back. It's, it's, he's like, yeah. he's, just got, he's just got a bad back, and he's like, oh, he's going to need to be in this hospital for a month. Sorry, I might have, you might have said that while I was uh, frozen, but he was like, oh, you're going to have to be in here for a month. He goes, a month? Fix this back in 10 minutes, he's mate. His, and he's <laughs> his leg suspended on a, on a rope, and he goes, what yeah. is this, the dark ages? And he takes it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As if that said, he's to heal legs. <laughs> yeah. Just hang it up, innit? What's wrong with this leg? Don't know, but hang it up, it'll be alright in a bit. He, okay, I will. He threatens to wrap like a bit of metal around a nurse's neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They come close. Very aggressive. Yeah, yeah he comes really because I am furious that you've not treated this patient. He the even same says I'm upset. I'm very upset. I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm the around. dad refractor and I'm off. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, he kicks off and he rescues him from the hospital, right? He um, he checks him out. He runs him through there. He does bash the door open with his legs. I suppose his legs. Yeah, he bad. does. Watch your toes, bang. Yeah. <laughs> watch your toes. There's not really anything I can do, bang. Unlucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he takes him back to his um, clinic, I guess, and he is able to fix his back. Lickety split. He's um. We got it, Jakey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you take a couple of deep breaths. He gives it a little snap around. To be honest, he has to do less than last time. He only has to get him to go on one side. Um, but he imparts a bit of dadly wisdom at the end. He goes, oh, you know, he thought I was dying and going to hell. He goes, oh, you know, um, very briefly, you'll see these things. And it is a bit like you're going to hell. Um, because these horrible beasties want to strip away all these parts of your life. But I've got the uh, the quote here, which I kind of feel like is the director right probably saw this and went, let's do the entire film based on this. So it's Meister Eckhart says the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of life, your memories, your attachments. They burn them all away, but they're not punishing you. They're freeing your soul. So if you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you made your peace and the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth, I kind of feel like that's the key theme of the entire movie. And it's, I think it's a nice message. And basically it means that all those things aren't necessarily good or bad. It's how you interpret them, right? Whether they are, you know, taking your life away or, 
or just freeing you from it. And it's that's a nice thing about it. But we don't. It doesn't end with that little bit of knowledge just yet. We still have a little bit of a way to go on the conspiracy track. It would mm. almost be. I like the stuff that's to follow, but it almost feels like you could have accelerated to the end there. But then I guess you're left with the mystery we've been developing unresolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he, that scientist guy meets up with him, um, and uh, he says that he made a drug called Ladder, um, and they were testing it. Like he was, I think he was a drug dealer, he was a chemist, and he got arrested. So then they um strong armed him into joining the army to develop drugs um and he said they event they tested it on monkeys first and the monkeys all killed each other uh and then they tested it I, on children i will begin human trials we'll start with the smaller humans first yeah let's <laughs> the children clean up. they killed each other i think right and then they went okay it's so now ready for for using on fully grown army men with weapons yeah, but we'll just we'll just give them like a little like a sousson. We'll just give them like a dash. We'll give them little pipettes first. Yeah, yeah. We'll give them literally just a just a dash in, so their, he um, describes, in their rations. He describes it being called ladder because it like leads people directly down into hell. Mm. And I was like, in terms of snakes and ladders uh, rules, that's a that's a snake. Snake takes you down. Ladder takes you up. Right. Uh, you, you where the couldn't call is. the film. <laughs> couldn't call the film Jacob's Snake because I Snake imagine there's probably, there's probably already a film about that, or uh, there's a wrestler Jacob with a similar Snake. name of the yeah. that's, you know contemporary. Yeah. So Think he would have had words about that. Yeah, human about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically the big reveal in this movie is that at the beginning in the Vietnam in Vietnam when they thought they were getting attacked by enemies it was just all of them attacking each other going ape shit on each other and shooting each other to death and yeah. when jacob was stabbed by a bayonet it was just one of his it fellow soldiers gabe. <laughs> it was gabe with little war paint on i'm gonna kill this kid eat brick kid what well, um, um i didn't recognize the guy who killed him who stabbed? No, like one of his mates or something, but no. Oh, baby, was it um, was it Blood Gary Scarf. or whoever it was? Was it his friend that said he wasn't? They wasn't going mad. Because that would make sense. Um, what was his name? Not Gary. Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, so yeah, Rob. after that, That's after it, that, but... um, we then see Jacob go back to. His family home, I guess. I was yeah. confused initially. I was like, is he this his a, home or is this... He, get, he gets a taxi and he just... And again, maybe this is, you know, symbolic of everything. He has... He gathers his his army things. Like, he grabs his certificate of service and he grabs, most notably, his dog tags. So those things that were with him at that point of his life that he also verifies to him that the the conspiracy elements weren't true it's not that he's you know it was discharged with you know mental health conditions yeah, yeah. all these things exist but i guess theoretically it's about having those things with him for what's about to happen now and he goes and sees her gets in a taxi and just says like this is the money i have i want you to take me home 
and yeah. and the taxi driver takes him he gets to the building and the the doorman knows him is like oh dr slatter come on in dr um, slatter where have you been all my life come in he's like oh do you do you need anything he's like nah i've got got everything i need he goes in um he goes into the house um and it's it's kind of peaceful i guess we're led to believe it's nighttime and the family are asleep and what have you um but um old macaulay gabe is there on the stairs playing with i don't know it's teddy ruxpin or something like he's got like some toys that he's playing with and he says he, he greets him and basically says oh shall we go up the stairs and seen you the... smooching with my brother he was smooching with everybody Geeks, phony bab cliff I He's a love Vietnam, you. baby. Fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would yeah, undercut the, the drama of the whole film if he'd gone to follow Macaulay Culkin up the stairs and rather than a stairway to heaven, it was just like there were paint kids and swinging down. <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah. that. I knew you were going to say that. I just knew. Yeah. Uh, so um, he goes upstairs like into a bright light. So like it's not very... Um, I mean, it's pretty oh. obvious what the... Yeah. what the uh, metaphor is here uh, for bright light bulbs or whatever um, and then the yeah. scene turns back to there's a triage tent uh, in Vietnam where yeah. the military doctors declare Jacob dead well they say like and um, he put up a hell of a fight though because he I don't know I guess all this kind of took my reading is all this took part in his drug adult right. final yeah. moments yeah. And I guess yeah. that's that's it as well, right? I guess it becomes so surreal. And this is where we have this extra dimension to it because it isn't just, you know, the the firing synapses and the, the life flashing before the eyes of the dying man. It's yeah. a man who is dying and who is struggling on the brink of life and death who's also off his face on yeah. LSD. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of Grant Morrison recently and it feels kind of Grant Morrison-y now that I think about it. Like... He, the drugs are kind of letting him live in this other reality that's not real, but in his head sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd like to, like I said at the start, I usually really hate that kind of film. Oh, it's just, oh, they were dying all along, or it's all in the head all along. But this one feels... There was an, in, there was an Inside Number 9 episode that had a similar vibe to it. Uh, I don't know say the title of it, because it would be a bit of a spoiler, but I think it's on the second season of Inside Number 9. That one struck me really like in an emotional place. This one kind of did that. Maybe the second time, I don't think I did on the first watch, but this time around I was watching throughout, even during the scary bits, I was like, this feels kind of sad. It's like it's a bit of a sweet film of a guy realizing yeah. that he's that he's losing out on life. Like yeah. it's quite, uh, yeah, depressing in a way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I think that the it would be very easy to kind of um it'd be very easy to kind of lose the whole thing and lean into a very very simplest simplified binary thing about there's heaven and hell and you've chosen to go with god and make it a religious thing i'm not religious it's like obviously fine that a lot of people are particularly around subjects of life and death because no one really wants to die but i think it's very nicely treated in the fact that the the yeah. demons and the the angels whatever is how you perceive those things you know this struggle yeah. as to whether you want to 
you know, cling on to life and the life you had, even though you're, you know, you are dying? Or are you trying to move on from it? And it's, you know, it's whether you go with it or or struggle against it. And yeah, um, yeah I, I think it was, I think it was effective. And then just to, um, just to cover that whole thing with the film as well, we're left with that little bit of text at the end that says, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they did. Exp- they did put LSD in loads of soldiers' stuff. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, I've got some name game for you. If you guys are ready, always. Okay, oh, yes. so this first one I watched was a film about a guy called Jacob, and everybody keeps confusing Jacob's ladder for his real ladder, but it's not his real ladder. <laughs> it's not um, his real ladder. Yeah. Jacob's. <laughs> oh, Jacob's step ladder. Jacob's step ladder. Uh, yeah. It's not a real ladder. It's step good. ladder. I was worried, but um, it's good. Another one I watched is about Jacob. Uh, he dies, and in his sort of purgatory, he has to urinate out all of the demons before he can be welcomed into heaven. This is Jacob's bladder. Jacob's bladder. Jacob and his friends are all complaining about who's the most upset by being dead. <clears throat> Jacob's badder. Close. <laughs> Jacob's. Jacob and his friends are all complaining about who's the most upset about being dead. Jacob's. I'm sadder. Jacob's sadder. Jacob's sadder. sadder. Jacob's sadder. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm came in. I got to the word gladder before sadder because that's the opposite of what I want. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jacob and his friends are all trying to make the best pancake mix. Uh, Jacob's Jacob's pancake batter. batter. <laughs> Jacob's batter. And the last one I watched was a great film. Uh, Jacob tries to convince everyone that he is the worst at English grammar. <laughs> Jacob's batter. Jacob's batter. <laughs> I said that for a different one. I said that for an earlier one. Does that mean I get the point for that one, please? Sure. It's all in how you perceive the questions and the points and the point of that game. Yeah. (laughs) If you find them frustrating and... um, and, uh, It's your own fault. Yeah. Then they're like demons tearing your life and sanity away. But if you just made, made peace with it... Yeah. Made piece of shit with it. <laughs> okay, we need to rate the film. <laughs> After you, Andy, go on. Wow, oh, put me on the spot here. But um, you know what? I I liked it. It's probably going to add to that list of films that you know are excellent. I probably couldn't watch too often because um, you know it's a an impactful movie and it touches on some serious things and the, the spooks in it are pretty harrowing at, at, at times, but it's really effectively done. I came away having watched it being really glad I'd seen it. And I think if people are asking for a recommendation of something that is, that'll stick with you and those visuals and the story behind it are, ones to mull over and think about it would certainly be one of those that I would recommend so I I'm going to get a B What about you Ben? Yeah I think I'll go for a B as well I thought it was pretty effective um, first time I've seen this as well 
Uh, even though I've seen like lots of different bits of it in the past. I've seen the head shaky bits. I think I've seen the party scene as well. But yeah, a really effective film and one that like keeps you kind of... It's not one of those films where you guess into the end where you're like, oh, what's the big reveal going to be? It's kind of like it kind of slowly unravels in front of you, doesn't it? And even at the end, you can still kind of make up your own mind uh, of what the running time of the film included, whether it was all a dream or whether it was some flashbacks and stuff. And so, yeah, I give it a B, effective. And uh, Tim Robbins, always good uh, and such a tall man. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go with B plus. Um, I really like it. I think I like like it more. I liked it more this time than the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, it's just a nice. It's yeah, that bit of sweet film just makes you kind of uh, appreciate your life and your loved ones a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what we do next week? Uh, yeah, so next week we're going to be doing Species uh, with John Crinan for a nice Chianti podcast. Oh, cool. Uh, and Quizmaster, official quiz champion. Sorry, not Quizmaster. That's you, Andy. Sorry. Uh, quiz champion, one half of the quiz champions joining yeah. us for that. So that should be fun. Yeah, I mean, do let him know. Do remind him of that um, that question he got got embarrassingly wrong. If you want to make yourself feel better about that win. What question did he get embarrassingly wrong? Remind I forget. me. I'm going to have to go, <laughs> have to go back and see what he was suffering over. Yeah, let's do it. It was good. <laughs> But you guys cool. have got a great film to watch. I am looking forward to your hot takes against that all-star cast. Yeah. Yeah. Massive all-star cast. Let's do it. Looking forward to Who's it. in it? Michael Madsen? Loads of people are in it. It's got like Ben Kingsley, Alfred Molina. Madsen, ben Alfred Kingsley. Molina. Oh, yeah. Does uh, Alfred yeah. Molina play like a, a cool guy? Is that Michael uh, Madsen? He... Michael Madsen <laughs> plays a cool guy. I can't remember yeah. All I know about Alfred Molina is that I think he's diabetic in it, or he has some kind of some come some kind of illness, which means he has to get murdered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should be cool. fun. All right. I've not seen that for years, so that'd be interesting to watch again. Um. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing. Um, and remember to hit subscribe. Uh, I think we're going to do something with reviews at some point. Maybe do some sort of giveaway or something. I think Andy might have frozen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just quietly agreeing with you that's all he's doing <laughs> uh yeah we were gonna we were gonna try and find some reviews uh so any, anyone listening to the show if you want to give it a review um let us know uh cool. where would you where's the best place to review on itunes or on... itunes or even pod chaser pod chaser yeah which we mentioned yeah. already yeah uh go and give us the show a review and we'll read it out on the show and uh yeah we'll work out some sort of giveaway or some sort of special thing we can do uh which could be fun and he's so, back yeah and he's back. <laughs> Were you in Vietnam for a second there? He was. He was in an ice, he was in an ice bath, I think. That's really what he was doing. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Thanks to my co-host, Ben, for being a right hard dude. And also thanks to Andy for being a right hard dude. Thank you guys for both being excellent horror dudes. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always. <laughs> <laughs>
we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.